This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Coming to you live from the city of Peoria's uh, Peoria Ballpark. What is this called? Peoria Stadium? Peoria Sports Complex. Peoria Sports Complex. That's what it is. The home of the San Diego Padres and the Seattle Mariners. Hey, welcome in, everybody. Episode number 49 of the Show Before the Show podcast. I am Tyler Mon, and the man to my right is MILB.com writer Josh Jackson. Hey, Josh. Hey, Tyler. It's good to see you. It's, yeah, it's been good to see you here. You've been worried about your voice on the podcast. I think your voice is phenomenal for the podcast. Oh. And I'll, we're like three minutes in. You're doing a great job. Oh, thank you. I'll, I'll try not to uh, ham and haw <laughs> so much. Uh, and, you know, it's it's a I recognize it as a nasal voice. Okay, okay. Uh, we, we've had very good conversations about, like, media ethics. So we've covered a ton of topics. I got here yesterday. Yeah. You've been here for two days. We're recording this on Thursday the 10th. Um, but, yeah, we've already covered, like, the whole gamut. Um, but, no, I think um, we're off to a, a rockin' start for episode number 49. I think so, yeah. Welcome. Good work yeah. so far. Uh, so, like I said, we are here in Arizona recording in Peoria today. Sam Dykstra, my normal co-host on the show before the show, out in Florida. We're going to catch up with Sam here in just a little bit. We'll hear from him what's going on in Grapefruit League action, where he's been so far. Uh, we'll hear an interview that Sam did with Atlanta Braves prospect Max Freed, who has not pitched since 2014 due to Tommy John surgery. We'll hear from Max Freed, how rehab has gone, all that kind of stuff. But we'll talk Cactus League first. And uh, today, uh, as we were just discussing before we hopped on the air, it says mostly sunny on AccuWeather, but it's like there's nothing in the sky there's not a plane it's it's 85 degrees it's perfect let me tell um, you this yeah i have uh applied sunscreen twice today yeah probably three or four times would have been better <laughs> yeah exactly and that's the problem is like you get out we were sitting in the backfields today we were at the brewers complex you left and went over to the indians complex for a while um and you sit out there and you don't want to leave because you're having fun watching baseball but you kind of think to yourself like i am going to be the color of a giant red balloon by the time i leave you know they talk they talk about how if you cook a lobster uh it doesn't know that it's that it's right. being cooked because right. it's happening so slowly um if being a lobster <laughs> is like being a person uh in the, in, in the arizona sun it, it happens quickly <laughs> enough that you do feel it I also like that you went with the normal comparison, which is lobster. I said a red balloon for some reason. That was right. my color comparison. I, I kind of just let that red balloon fly. I was... <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, no, the brain, the sun has zapped my brain as well. Um, so with that, we welcome you into the 49th edition of the Show Before the Show podcast. And uh, like I said, Josh got down here a couple days ago. I got down here on Wednesday. Um, no, Tuesday. You got here on Monday. I got here correct? Monday night. I didn't get to any uh, complexes that night. But So run us through what's the what the docket has looked like for you so far. Well, I checked in here at, at Peoria with the, the Padres on uh, Tuesday morning. Um, got, some, got a story about Manuel Margot. Came over in that Red Sox trade in November, I yeah. believe it was. Uh, and he's in big league camp. Uh, that's up on MILB.com now. 
the, spent the rest of that day um, with the Giants. Uh, I've got some uh, stories coming out about that in the coming weeks, and you will uh, hear everybody from, from uh, Giants, I think number 13 prospect. Bumped up this year. Number yeah. seven now in the, uh, the 2016 oh, rankings. Yeah, I'm looking at the 2015. Number seven. And with reason, anyway, his name is Mac Williamson. Um, we'll hear from him in a little while. Uh, and then yesterday, where where did we go? We pretty much baked all day sitting. Uh, well, first we were out in uh, two different complexes at Glendale. Camelback Ranch is the home of the White Sox and the Dodgers. We were on the White Sox side for most of the morning. I headed over to the Dodgers side for a little bit toward the afternoon, and then we watched the big league game between the White Sox and A's yesterday. Sonny Gray got the start on the major league side. Um, you had a little conversation actually with Carson Fulmer that sort of involved Sonny Gray, the That's Vanderbilt right. guys. That's right. But yeah, we spent the entire day there yesterday yeah that that Fulmer story is up now also in that story is a some uh some stuff about Adam Engel who yeah. was the AFL MVP that, that from Tyler um Fulmer he you know he didn't do so great against the Royals in his first spring training start he went against them today and, and did a little bit better I think I saw one run on two two innings but uh looked looked better from those numbers um in White Sox camp too. I was, you know, in those backfields. Uh, I was watching their number three prospect, uh, Trey Mikulczewski, I think is how it's pronounced. Uh, yeah, I was gonna let you say it. Cause yeah, I yeah. I was watching him, uh, <laughs> you know, take some cuts in a in a simulated game against, I think, um, Luis Martinez, uh, his six six uh, right hander in the White Sox system. Really lanky, tall kid. Um, and at the, you know. At the end of one of those at bats, Mikulczewski got the cut was pretty late. It went down the third base line, but but hard. And the pitching coach said to him, "Hey, that's a ground out to the third baseman." And Mikulczewski tried to, you know, jokingly argue that no, actually the shift was on. Uh, so the, <laughs> that's that was at least a single, right? Right. <laughs> So it's been cool. I mean, we got a chance to, to see them yesterday. I uh, got a little bit of Dodgers work yesterday as well. Dodgers, so many of those prospects are up in Major League Camp right now. They're on the road yesterday, so I didn't get to see, you know, Julio Urias or, um, or some of the big names there, uh, Jose De Leon. Uh, but that was cool yesterday. Today, uh, again, recording on Thursday, we were at Brewers Camp in the morning. Brewers had a really interesting camp day today, and I spent the the day there. You headed over to Indians camp, um, so let's talk about that a little bit first. What was the uh, what was the mood like? Who's hanging around at Indians camp today? Uh, well, I I got mostly guys in the in the minor league side of of, uh, of Indians camp, and they have some exciting prospects. Um, uh, I talked for a while with Tristan McKenzie, uh, who was there sandwich pick of last year's in last year's draft he's a uh, i think he's 19 now he's a big tall lanky pitcher kid isn't it amazing how big yeah. some dude like we both interviewed 19 year olds today who are gigantic right. human beings right i was not yeah no <laughs> I'm I, was, still not. I was the same size <laughs> that i have seemingly always been uh from my perspective josh was born at six feet tall <laughs> <laughs> I, I think five eleven. i think you're being generous and i appreciate that um yeah 
It was good over over in Indians camp. I, I did talk to uh, Mike Clevenger for a while in big league on the big league side. He's a he's a pitcher who put up some phenomenal numbers in Double A last year. Um, formerly with the Angels, and since he came over to the uh, to the Cleveland system, he I think the words he used were that they totally broke down his delivery. And I I was under the impression that that. You know, they, he was undoing some tweaks he'd made since turning pro, but really he said they, they were starting from scratch, and he, and that's helped him to get really good results. He's the number seven Indians prospect, and like you said last year, uh, a really good time at Double A, made it up to Triple A Columbus. Um, I always find that fascinating, especially with guys in new organizations. Um, what it means for them as players, the way they're developed in a system versus what they were in before. We're going to hear from, from some guys who have gone through that trade process coming up a little bit later on in the show today. Again, Max Fried will join Sam from Florida. I'll talk a little bit with Jacob Nottingham uh, from Brewers Camp today. That's Brewers Camp was interesting because – it was so varied what everybody was doing today. The major league guys were there. They had a game today playing against the Giants. Um, the Giants are following us around, uh, or the <laughs> Bay Area teams are following us around. Yesterday was the A's, today is the Giants. But the on the minor league side, guys were doing work. I mean, stretching, throwing infield, outfield, taking BP, doing their drills, whatever it is. But in addition to that, and this is another interview we're going to hear a little bit later on, the Czech Republic's World Baseball Classic team is here in Arizona training and getting set for their qualifier, which will be coming up uh in just about a week from now in mexicali mexico they're playing in the group against uh a, a handful of good teams one of which is mexico um and so getting some experience right now heading into the qualifying round which is something that is very beneficial especially for where they're playing and who they're playing against because they're playing against a really really quality uh group of brewers prospects so we'll hear from a guy who not a whole lot of people would have expected to hear this name on this episode of the podcast but trot nixon of all people trot nixon is actually working right now as a bench coach for that czech republic team so we'll hear from trot nixon coming up in just a little bit um that pool by the way is mexico the czech republic germany and nicaragua those are the four teams mexico surprisingly did not win a game in the 2013 wbc so they've got to go through the qualifying round they get to try to do it at home but we'll hear from trot nixon as to what it's been like being around this czech republic team how he got involved etc uh going into a game that they played today their first matchup of some exhibition slates against some minor league prospects here before they head to mexico for the wbc qualifier uh but also today uh got a chance to check up with demi uh arumaloye bravo i think bravo i think that's how you say demi's last name uh, and that's up on MILB.com by the time you're listening to this podcast as well. Demi, last year, fourth-round pick of the, the Brewers, fantastic athlete. Again, 19, hulking. He's like 6'4", 225, very impressive athlete. Um, so we'll hear from uh, some people in Brewers camp, Jacob Nottingham, somebody who's not affiliated with Brewers camp, and Trot Nixon, and then a story up on the site about Demi as well. Um, so, yeah, Brewers camp was cool today. Indians camp for you. Tomorrow we're splitting off. You're headed to Dodgers camp. That's correct. I'm going to Royals camp. So we got our colors of blue That's covered. Right. That's why we did it that way. Exactly. We were planning it out <laughs> yep. based all on shades of blue. And uh, what's on tap uh, for you the rest of the time here? Well, tomorrow is uh, my last day here traveling camps. Um, so it'll be it'll be the Dodgers. I, I'm I'm planning to talk to at least Grant Holmes and, and Walker Bueller in on the Miners side and and I'll Can you ask him how often people make terrible Ferris Bueller jokes to sure, him on the mound? Sure. Cuz I would imagine on the mound. Oh yeah, yeah. cuz when you when you're a road pitcher, right. 
I would imagine that somebody thinks they're hilarious yelling out the Ben Bueller, Stein line. Bueller. Exactly. Yeah. I did, somebody I'd never, everywhere. I never thought I'm of sure. that. He, you know what? He probably doesn't want to be asked about that. <laughs> He's annoyed. Oh, I think we just covered it right and, now. <laughs> and I'm glad you brought it up, Josh. Thank you. Anyway, I just stole all your thunder from Dodgers camp. What else? No, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, obviously, I want to get to the uh, in the in the big league clubhouse, hoping to get to Cody Bellinger, who's really um, getting a lot of attention from you know the media. Um, this spring, he's always had attention from from the Dodgers. Um, he, I, I think, I think that's an accurate thing to say. He's, uh, they've been high on him for a while, um, and uh, the last I saw, Urias was on to pitch in tomorrow's uh, cactus action. Yes. So I should be able to get a good look at him, and and uh, and yeah, that'll be my first time. Laying eyes upon him and it live, um, I may be exciting. Ha- I may have to join you for that because yeah. that was one of the things that I made sure I was going to see this trip was actually see him live, which I have not done yet. So I may be joining you for that. Um, yeah, I'm hitting Royals camp tomorrow. I'm hoping to catch up with a handful of guys there. Bubba Starling is somebody I really uh, want to talk to. I don't know if if you uh, have ever listened to the podcast, Josh and and Jake oh, I- Siner always made sure that I said this regularly, but. Uh, Bubba Starling committed to play quarterback at the University of Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if anybody's I, ever heard I, that I on the show. I think I've heard. I am pretty sure I've heard <laughs> that on the show before. So I'm going to talk with Bubba Starling. In all seriousness, last year really breakout season for Bubba Starling. He's really reclaimed his prospect status after struggling to start his minor league career. So it'd be really interesting to to get a chance to catch up with him. That's on tap for me. Also visiting the Giants, Diamondbacks, Rockies, A's, Cubs. Hoping to visit the Angels. I got a lot coming up. I'll be here through Wednesday of next week. So a uh, lot still to be done here in Cactus League action before the 2016 season. Um, like we said, we are coming to you from the Peoria Sports Complex, home of the Seattle Mariners and the San Diego Padres. One piece of good news, we haven't been kicked out of this booth yet. Um, second piece of good news, Sam Dykstra is going to join the show coming up next. He is all the way across the country, the magic of technology. But wait, Josh. I have some some uh, piece of bad news oh, to break okay. first, which is that I have a correction. Oh, okay. Fire uh, away. Trey Mikulczewski is the White Sox number five Five prospect. prospect. 2016 rankings. Everybody's moving up, moving around. It's good to know. Okay. Now we know. Let's get to Sam then. Let's get to Sam. And also, nice job on the pronunciation. You nailed it. I haven't even attempted it through all this conversation about Trey. Although mm. I took Orimoloye. Right. <laughs> fair is fair. <laughs> Sam Dykstra from Florida. Next. Moving along in our spring training extravaganza of the show before the show podcast, episode number 49, and we welcome in uh, the other voice you normally hear on the show before the show podcast, which will sound different coming via a phone line from, uh, where are you in Florida right now, Sam Dykstra? I honestly don't know. I'm somewhere in central Florida between Port St. Lucie and Tampa. Um, I wish I could give you specifics other than I'm in a Publix uh, parking lot. A Publix parking lot. Okay. Yeah, grocery next to a small pond and a palm tree. So it's it literally can be anywhere in Florida. But, I was uh, gonna say, I think you just described the entire South, basically a public, <laughs> a small pond, and a palm tree. Um, Sam, what's I, going I'm on? I'm trying to capture uh, the nature of the thing. Yeah. <laughs> the Grapefruit League is your uh, domain this time around, and you got down there uh, over the weekend, correct? Yeah. Yep. I got here last Saturday. Started covering games on. Sunday, starting with the, the Phillies on Sunday, Yankees on Monday, uh, and I I've, I've went to the Mets today, 
and uh, the Braves. So, give us the early returns. You're going to have a conversation coming up here in a few minutes. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Grapefruit League, a little bit about some news from yesterday that Josh is going to ask you about from Pirates Camp. But um, coming up in a little while, we're going to hear from Max Freed, uh, the number 10 prospect in the Atlanta Braves system. But what have your impressions been uh, about the Grapefruit League so far from you know prospects you've seen or the games you've gone to? Uh, and kind of, you know, spring training is so much more than just watching games and seeing prospects. What, the, what has the experience been like there so far? Yeah, a lot of it is kind of cool just to confirm what we've already thought about some of these guys. Uh, you know, I'm being able to watch um, Danzy Swanson swing the bat and just how confident he kind of carries himself. Um, not cocky, but certainly confident around the locker room. I mean, he looked like he belonged in that Braves locker room, a very, very, very young Braves locker room. Uh, but he looked like he belonged. Ozzy Albee's the same way. Um, they play off each other very, very well as middle infielders. Um, I know the question kind of going forward with the Braves is how are those two going to kind of work? Who's going to be the shortstop? Who's going to be the second baseman? If all works out, if they both meet their potential. Um, so they've been playing off each other well. I talked to Gansby about it. Yeah, that, that's kind of an interesting storyline. He says it doesn't matter who's playing short, who's playing second. They have the same dynamic. They literally shared a locker, and I don't mean like they were next to each other. They were in the exact same locker at one point this spring. Um, so that's been kind of cool to see the cool little details you, you don't necessarily get by just doing phone interviews um, sometimes like that we rely on during the season. Um, some of the other things, uh, you know, J.P. Crawford looked just as strong as I expected him to. He made one throw when I saw him in Philly's camp that just looked so easy from a shortstop, from deep in the hole from shortstop, um, but yet it was right to the glove, right exactly where you want it to be. Um, he's another guy who who looks like he belongs in that major league camp. Um, got to catch up with our good friend Dom Smith, uh, who was a podcast cast a couple weeks ago, said he was very happy to, to be on it, and that was fun to see, fun to meet him in person, shake his hand, um, thank him for joining the pod, and got, got to go a little more in-depth with him. Um, to kind of catch up on one topic we talked about with him on the podcast, uh, we talked about how he's going to add power and how he expects that to kind of develop. After watching him today in DP, I can kind of confirm his raw power is there. I mean, there are there are a couple of balls he went I think three in a row just over the fence at will, uh, and he was in a group with some other minor leaguers, including Gavin Tacchini, and those other guys just weren't showing the power he was showing them. He was sitting him in the shed, you know, over the wall, and they were just banging around in the shed. It's kind of cool to see. I wish I had caught it on camera, um, but for him, it looks like the power is already there. Uh, we'll we'll have to see what happens when he gets to use it in, in some of the games. So that's what it's kind of been for me here is just kind of confirming things I've already thought about some of these players. And it's it's been good not to necessarily change the narrative I have with some of them, but just to deeply more deeply root it in, in um, you know in person accounts. Sam, you were in uh, Pirates camp yesterday when, um, you know, something that, that nobody wants to hear uh, happened to what, you know, I think their top position player prospect. Uh, what what happened there? Yeah, so when I was in Pirates camp, news broke that uh, Austin Meadows had an unfortunate accident. He was playing catch at Pirate City, the uh, minor league complex for the Pirates. He was playing catch like anybody else does, and their freak deflection a ball hit him in in the head, and he suffered a broken orbital bone, um, which is it sounds I think a lot worse than it really could be. Um, AJ Burnett suffered a broken orbital bone a couple of years ago with the Pirates. One of the beat writers noted this. 
and the expected uh, recovery time was eight to ten weeks. Uh, he actually came back in six, not saying, you know, every everybody is different on timetables. Nobody will know Meadows' actual timetable until he goes back to the doctors in Pittsburgh and he's going to get examined there. Um, but it, it means he's going to miss opening day. He's probably going to miss April. Uh, and for a player like that, I, I was really excited to see him go back to Altoona. Uh, he was a very, very good hitter in the FSL last year. One thing the Pirates really talked up when I talked to them, when I talked to their player development director, Larry Broadway, was that he just has such a consistent approach. He's not going to change it whether he's doing well, whether he's not doing well. He's just going to always stick with what has worked for him. Um, he's not going to listen to the small voices in his head. So I would have loved to see how that's going to play back in Altoona where he ended 2015. Now we're going to have to wait on that a little bit, um, which is kind of disappointing because he was definitely one of the more intriguing prospects in that pirate system. Um, it, it certainly doesn't mean his season is he's going to miss a good chunk of development time. It's just going to be kind of when we look back on his whole 2016, if he's healthy, has no other freak accidents, I think it's just a small blip on the radar. Um, but certainly, you know, we won't be able to see him on a Altoona Curve opening day roster or opening day lineup at the very least uh, on April 7th when opening opening day does come. Sam, let's switch gears and uh, go from the uh, the catching spot to the pitcher's mound, different organization. Max Freed was an interview guest for you, and we're going to hear from Max here in just a few minutes. Um, we'll we'll talk a little bit about Max after the interview is over, but, um, I mean, this is a guy who has not seen the mound, and basically once he gets back to a mound, it'll be 20 months or so since he had Tommy John surgery in 2014. Kind of gets forgotten about in that Brave system because there's so much talent there right now. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens is that he, he was acquired kind of before. He talked about this in the interview that everybody's about to hear. He was acquired before the Braves really went into their rebuild. Um, so he's kind of been able to see it happen slowly. Um, but he hasn't been able to pitch yet in the Braves uniform. The last time he pitched, like you said, was with Class A Fort Wayne in the Padres system. Um, so he's just been kind of waiting this out, you know, just waiting to get in that first Braves uniform. And now that he that he will pitch. He's ready to go, you know, for April. He's, he's all set. That rehab process is complete. He says he feels good. He's ready. Uh, you certainly can't blame him. It's kind of his, his uh, elbow is probably like a sleeping giant right now, just waiting to be, you know, put to use. Um, but now he's just another piece of that puzzle. And I think if once he shows his health, he could be one of the most interesting parts of that puzzle. Uh, he, he's one of their top pitching prospects, but they have so many of those right now that he does, like you said, he does get kind of lost in the shuffle. But if he can come back and show a plus fastball, plus curveball, pick up exactly where he left off at Fort Wayne, uh, he, we, we could be talking about him, you know, as a very legitimate major league rotation piece by potentially, you know, the end of 2017 going into 2018. Sam Dykstra caught up with Max Freed at Braves camp in Florida and asked Max how the rehab process has been going since Tommy John surgery in 2014. Amazing. Um, I feel great. It's the first time I felt normal in you know, a couple of years now. So yeah. back finally off of rehab, you know, integrated with all the other guys in the spring training groups and just ready to kind of get things started and break with the team. Mm -hmm. And so you're fully in, fully doing everything, no limitations, something yeah. like that? 100% in feel good and just ready to get things started. And what was that rehab process like? I know missing an entire season is not fun at all. Long and tedious. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm about 20 months out right now, so we're going to be about maybe 21 before, no, probably about 20 
before I get back into like a game for training and stuff. So uh, it's a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, spent a good part of the year. Spent ten months here in Orlando, right. just rehabbing and kind of just taking it day to day. Every morning coming in, you know, just getting your work in rehab, kind of separated and uh, really just to get back to where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was long and hard, but, you know, it was definitely worth it. Mm -hmm. And kind of going from the Padres to the Braves and then you just kind of have to sit back and watch the Braves system. How did you kind of analyze it? What was it like to be in the, be in the Braves system, especially now with, like I said, so many tough pitching prospects? Uh, well, definitely. I mean, I was kind of at the beginning of it, obviously, with you know, right after the Hayward trade with getting mm -hmm. Shelby and Tyrell. So I've kind of been able to see the beginning from the inside rather than kind of like looking back on, you know, from all the other trades. But uh, one thing that I do have to say is every single person that, you know, the Braves have acquired has been an amazing person. Everyone here is really genuine, nice, down to earth, um, humble, respectful. And, you know, it's really a testament to what we're trying to do here with, you know, Braves way, you know, being professional and doing things the right way. So to be able to be a part of that and also now be able to play and represent kind of the Braves organization is something I'm really looking forward to. Mm -hmm. And anybody you've been connecting with in particular, is there like a group of you guys who are just kind of growing up together? I mean, uh, there's, I mean, a bunch of guys, I know that a bunch of the, the trade guys from last year kind of meshed together because no one really knew anyone, mm -hmm. but now there's a whole thing of everyone you know, with the trades this year, the trades last year, the mid-season trades, right. um, getting to know guys over you know, the course of the past year and a half, it's been really, it's been really nice. There's no really like clicks mm -hmm. or anything. Everyone kind of gets along with everyone, uh, hang out with a bunch of different people, and you know, like I said before, everyone's really genuine and nice. So. Yeah. There's really no going wrong with who you're hanging out with. Mm -hmm. And is there a little bit of a competitive aspect too? I mean, you get that many arms in one system, and there's bound to be a little bit of competition there. I feel like there's, you know, there's always competition wherever you're at. Um, you know, with the Padres, there's a lot of competition, and here there's, you know, still a lot of competition. The goal is to, you know, everyone to fulfill their dream of making it to the major league. So mm -hmm. no matter where you are, or who it is, you're always competing, you know, against yourself to really do as best as you can. And obviously, I know. One thing I've kind of noticed here differently is everyone's really supportive of everyone else too. Like, no one's really upset or like you know, rooting for someone else to not do well. Mm -hmm. Where uh, you know, it's really encouraging because I know I want those guys to go out there and you know do well. And because eventually, you know, the plan is for everyone to come up and be teammates in the major leagues, and that's where everyone wants to you know, win. Yeah. And kind of focusing on you a little bit, now that you are healthy, what are you kind of focusing on pitch-wise or arsenal-wise to kind of improve and make that next jump? Uh, it's going to be just staying, making sure I do everything I can to stay healthy throughout the year, have a healthy year, and then also just uh, compete just within myself, know that just go out there and you're gonna get the ball every fifth day and give the team the best chance to win. Mm -hmm. You know, There's no cookie-cutter approach to you know, doing that. Someday you're going to have your stuff, someday you're not. So uh, for you to just go out there and give your team the best chance to win you know, night in, night out, whenever you get the ball is my main objective. Mm -hmm. So is there any pitch or anything like that you're kind of working on 
And I, everybody mentions fastball command, but anything, any of your off-speed stuff that you're kind of. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, the overall package. I mean, I've been removed for now over a year and a half. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, everyone's always going to expect, you know, things to be a little bit, you know, slow to come along. But for me, it's if I get my mental game into the right, in the right mode, knowing that I'm going out there to compete, I feel like my physical stuff will be able to catch up to it eventually. Mm -hmm. But just to not get down on myself, you know, it's, you know, it's been a while. Right, so yeah, yeah. Just to be able to go out there, compete, and just trust that my stuff will come along with it, mm -hmm. you know, that's my main, my, my main objective for the mm -hmm. And just going back to the rehab process, I mean, so many people have gone through that now. Is there anybody you were leaning on just to kind of talk to, talk you through it? Uh, well, you know, Lucas is my best friend. Right, yeah. So, so that's, I talked to Lucas a lot. We, you know, I talked to him basically on a daily basis. Hmm. Uh, he's been a very big person to talk to because obviously I saw and supported him through his process. We work out in the off season. We hang out every day, basically. So being able to talk to him, compare our experiences, and then also uh, I work out with Tyler Skaggs too. Okay. And oh, he yeah. had his surgery exactly a week before me. Right. And we had it by the same doctor, so we've basically been on the same schedule. And I've talked to him basically on a weekly basis in surgery. You know, comparing how he's doing, how he's feeling, where in his process he was, whether he was you know, I was throwing bullpens or he was, how yeah. he was feeling. You know, just the different little things that I guess only people that have been through it really understand right, because it's imagine. just a, definitely a rigorous you know process but it was really beneficial for me to have those two guys to really talk to yeah and what is it like with you and Lucas in the same division now is it uh, I mean I haven't played him yet okay. but I know the last time that I I'm, I'm excited to face him <laughs> like hitting again because oh, there you the go. last time the last time I faced him uh, he he broke my nose really cool yeah oh man that's the last time i ever faced Has he ever so. apologized for that or oh yeah he... he was really upset <laughs> okay he was, he was sad but right. the last time i faced him he broke my nose and ever since i don't really haven't done anything, <laughs> so nice all right well thanks max max freed on twitter he is at max freed f-r-i-d 32 by the way if you google max freed the first suggestion that comes up is max fried chicken so that's a way to oh, no. remember how his last name is spelled i don't know if there actually is a place called max fried chicken I would assume. Sounds <laughs> I mean, good. if it's coming up on Google, Google never lies. Just, no, no, not at all. It may just be like chicken fried to the max. That could be. It's the maximum amount of fried chicken. Right. Or the maximum Did it become chicken. 1998 all of a sudden again? Fried chicken <laughs> to the max? Chicken fried what? to the max. <laughs> Um, Sam, uh, Max Reed, what's the what's kind of the the next step for him? I mean, obviously, get back into full season ball, make a climb. Does it seem like the thing that's crazy about Max Reed? He was drafted seventh overall in 2012. He's still only 22 years old. I mean, where where do you think he's going to land this year? I mean, I think he's going to, like I said, pick up where he left off. You know, going to high A. But you know, if he does show his health, if he does show that that stuff is there, I mean, you know, given that age, I don't think they're going to be and, you know, afraid to move him to Mississippi. Um, the one thing about the Braves' pitching talent is a lot of it, I think, will be at Gwinnett this year uh, between Tyrell Jenkins, Aaron Blair, Sean Newcomb. Uh, so it's it's not like he has to worry about pushing anybody at, or competing for a spot in Mississippi. If he shows himself uh, there, you know, at Lynchburg, I think he'll be set for a, a quick mover. 
Um, I don't think he's going to end the year in, in a you know major league conversation in September necessarily. I think a lot of things have to happen there. And there's, they're going to have him a little bit on a innings limit coming off the injury. But, you know, if all goes well, he could certainly be a mover. I don't think they're going to stagnate his career um, this season, even though he is coming off the injury. Sam, what do you got coming up the rest of the time in Florida? So tomorrow I'm headed to Astros camp uh, in Kissimmee. And then two, the next two days after that, I'm making separate trips down to Fort Myers, one to see the Red Sox, one to see the Twins. Uh, I'm really excited to see down at Red Sox camp, Yohan Mankata. Um, I actually caught him uh, at uh, the Pirates game yesterday. He w- he was the starting second baseman for the Red Sox. Uh, a couple of Red Sox beat writers were saying they can't remember the last time a guy who's not even a non-roster invite got a grapefruit league start this early. Uh, so the Red Sox are obviously high on him. I'm going to kind of be focusing a little bit on what could be a very, very talented um, Class A advanced Salem team. Um, part of that took a hit, obviously, with the Michael Kopech injury, um, the unfortunate incident in which he, you know, broke a bone in his hand in an altercation with a teammate. Um, so that Salem team loses its luster a little bit. Um, but between Moncada and Devers and potentially Mauricio Dubon, and I, I, I'm going to be interested to find out what they plan to do with Andrew Benatendi. Maybe they start him in Salem. Uh, maybe they even bump him up to Portland. We'll, I'll find out when I go there. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of interesting storylines. Tons going on there in Twins camp, as we know, um, with Jose Barrios and Byron Bucks looking major league ready, uh, as well as our you know podcast friend Max Kepler. And, uh, you know, the Astros, they were our firm system of the year last year, so there will be lots of bumping going on, going on when I show up there tomorrow. He is the one and only Sam Dykstra. You can find him on Twitter. He is at Sam Dykstra, M-I-L-B. And uh, follow him there because a lot of good stuff coming out of Florida this week and into next week. Uh, we'll continue reaping the benefits of this Florida trip. Be safe, man. We'll uh, we'll talk to you back in the offices next week. Yeah, I'll be uh, safely back in New York next week, and we won't be doing this over phone anymore in a public. There are no publics anymore. Yeah, enjoy publics. That's the most important lesson that comes out of all of this. Enjoy Publix. Go I haven't stuff. been inside. Do I have to go inside now? Yeah, I think you have to go. I think you're legally obligated to go buy sweet tea. Oh, uh, okay. Or in Florida, okay. maybe something made out of gator. Yeah, I saw gator jerky on my way here. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, sweet tea and gator jerky. and jerky. We'll, we'll, That'll yeah. be the entire next That'll be the entire 50th episode. We'll just break down various foodstuffs from our spring training trip. Fair enough. I'll I'll do some research. All right, man. We'll do it next week. Talk to you then. All right. Talk to you then. Sam Dykstra on Twitter, at Sam Dykstra, M-I-L-B. Good stuff from Sam, as always. He's headed back to New York. Uh, We'll do one show next week, half and half. I'll still be here in Arizona. Sam will be back in the offices. And business will return to normal. Um, But this special edition, spring training edition of the Show Before the Show podcast, rolls along. We got an interview from Florida. Now... I'm going to go to some conversations uh, from here in the Cactus League. And uh, Jacob Nottingham has had a very interesting last couple of seasons. Uh, really rocketed to uh, some prominence in the Houston Astros organization. Last summer, shipped to the Oakland Athletics. And then this offseason looked like it was going to be a guy going forward in the A's system. One of those you know risers in a system that generates and graduates really good talent. Instead, shipped to the Milwaukee Brewers organization. I got a chance to catch up with Jacob today at Major League Camp uh, for the Milwaukee 
Milwaukee Brewers in Maryvale, Arizona, and ask him, what's his last stretch been like? Uh, everything's good. I mean, I feel home like now. Um, just trying to adjust to the Brewers and just trying to get to know everybody. Um, having, having a great time here and um, just enjoying it. This has been a very strange last nine, ten months now for you. Uh, you get traded once, go to the A's organization. A few months later, you're head of the Brewer system. Let me ask you it this way. Does it help that you had already been through this trade process one time, or did it come as an even bigger shock that you had to go through it a second time in eight, nine months? Uh, I think it helped a lot. I mean, the first time was a little overwhelming, um, just leaving a bunch of good friends. and. Uh, I feel like the second time was a lot easier. I mean, kind of knew the process, and uh, I mean, I was not too comfortable yet with the A's, so I was still trying to get familiar with that. So I mean, I think it was kind of easier not like being like adapted to the whole team and the organization. So I think it was a lot easier. What's the difference in doing it out of season versus doing it in season? I mean, you have to make a, a move in the same league when you get traded last summer, which has got to be challenging enough. And you have to learn on the fly. you got to learn teammates and you got to learn you know, new signs and a whole different system. To do it over the offseason, is it a little bit easier or is it kind of more stressful because you don't necessarily get to get thrown right in and get to meet guys and get to be you know, right on the fields with them every day? What was the, the biggest difference between the two? Uh, I think it's definitely easier in the offseason. I mean, you kind of have time to get to know everybody and uh, catch more bullpens and uh, just socialize a little bit more. And during during the season, I mean, you gotta get to know everybody the first day. I feel like, uh, especially the pitchers, you're going in the first day, and not really kind of going in blind. So. Um, definitely, I think the offseason was a lot easier. What was your offseason like? Were you down here? Uh, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't, and then I was working out at the Ace Complex for a week before I got traded. So then when you, you get to make the switch, when did you finally get down here and start kind of getting to know everybody, catching bullpens, learning the system? Uh, the, the following week. Uh, I think I came in on um, Monday, and uh, met a, I met Luke Roy and a couple other guys, a couple pitchers. Um, I felt like it was kind of hit it off at first, and I, I, it was pretty easy. I mean, everyone was very welcoming, so that, that helps a lot. That's one of the big assets. You get to learn from Matt Lucroy in the system, and Lucroy is a guy who, especially over the last five years or so, has really established himself as maybe the premier guy in the game at that position. What does that do for you? I mean, there are other great catchers in the systems you've been in, but knowing you get to learn from somebody like that, and especially be around him in big league camp, what does that do for you in a, a spring? Uh, it just helps overall. I mean, um, like you said, he's a great catcher, and um, all the above is an all-star catcher. I mean, who wouldn't want to work with an all-star catcher? So just trying to pick his brain and learn as much as I can off him to help me become a better catcher. And I think he's been great so far um, with helping me and especially all the other catchers around us. It's kind of a circuitous route to get here, but when you get here, there's already familiar faces here. Brett Phillips is here, Domingo Santana's here, guys you were with in the Astro system. What does that do for you comfort-wise, walking into big league camp, already you know, having known guys a little bit from who you've met over the last couple of months in this system, but knowing guys you've been friends with for a long time? It's always good to have familiar faces around you. I mean, kind of makes it a little easier. Um, get to go to them to see uh, if you have any questions, see how the brewers work or just anything. Um, but I mean, Brett Phillips is a really good friend of mine. Uh, we were together with the Astros and kind of following his his, foot, his footsteps. So, I mean, he's kind of helped a lot, so it's been fun. What's the biggest thing that you've been working on this offseason? And did that change at all when you moved from the A system to the Brewers system? Was there something the Brewers wanted you to work on or the A's wanted you to work on that maybe was different in a, once you got into the new system? Uh, just catching overall. I mean, my hitting uh, is, is going to be there, I feel like. Um, so just working behind the plate, just trying to become a better catcher, 
uh, a blocker, everything, all the above. So just trying to get flexibility in there. Um, I'm a bigger catcher, so obviously I need to work on that a little bit more. But um, just everything around the plate. What has the whole Major League Camp experience been like? As you walk into this room, and I mean the amount of recognizable faces and guys you see on Sports Center every night and, and all that stuff. How has that atmosphere helped you get ready for this season, being at a, a level that's you know a little bit more heightened intensity than, than what you find in minor league camp sometimes? And it's great. I mean, it's it's cool to actually be around these guys. I mean, a couple of years ago I was watching them as a high school baseball player, and now I'm in the same locker room as them. It's, it's a pretty cool experience. Um, I mean, everybody's just awesome, but the atmosphere is great. I never want to leave here. Uh, I just want to be up here the whole time, but, I mean, uh, it's it's fun, man. I, I'm enjoying my time here. It'll come soon. Jacob Nottingham, Brewers catching prospect. Uh, congrats on new organization. One you'll stick in for a long time, and good luck. Thank you very much. Man. Jacob Nottingham was committed to play tight end at the University of Arizona. I'm just going to go through anybody who was ever committed to play college football from now on. I'll or, just like, thought that. about committing. Yeah, to like, yeah. maybe I should play football at some point down the road. No, Jacob Nottingham, really good to get a chance to talk to him. Uh, what a weird last 10 months for him. Traded once, get used to that. Oh, by the way, we're trading you too. That doesn't happen to us. Nobody. No. We never have walked I, into work and they've been like, "All right, we're we're shipping you to." to me, but I'm, I'm <laughs> you're gonna go right about the NBA D League <laughs> now, Josh. Right. right. Okay. Uh, so big thanks to Jacob Nottingham. Um, earlier this week, Josh got a chance, as he noted earlier, to talk to Mac Williamson, who is now the number seven prospect in the San Francisco Giant system. What was uh, what was your feeling from Mac Williamson? Well, Williamson, uh, he's somebody that. You know, I think you and I and anybody who's who's follows the minors knows has a power bat. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2013, he uh, hit 25 home runs, but that was in the Cal League. So, you know that anytime somebody does something like that in the Cal League, there's always going to be people saying, "Well, it was the Cal League, and the ball flies there." Uh, last year, he comes out and he hits 13 across the Eastern League, which is not a very uh, home run friendly kind of place. And then also. Eight of those, though, coming in, in the PCL against AAA pitching. Um, and then he's got two, al- had two already by uh, by Tuesday in spring training. Hasn't hit any sense, but I saw, I think he had an RBI today. So I just wanted to catch up with him and, and see what this big league camp has been like for him so far. It's been great so far. Um, a lot of energy um, coming in with the acquisitions we made this offseason. Um, you know, a lot of focus after last year, uh, falling short of the playoffs. Um, everybody's really hungry to to get back to where they were in 2014. So um, it's just been a really good camp so far. For you personally, this is you've been in several camps, right? Yeah, several big league camps. For me. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the first time I've been in camp as a f- member of the 40 man, um, but not much different than the previous two. In that, you know, everybody comes in here to work hard and focused and ready to go um, from the offseason. I think the organization does a good job of making sure the guys are, you know, have what they need to do what they need to do in the offseason to be prepared for spring training. And, and this year is no different. Everybody's, you know, been on top of their game. And, and personally, I feel like, you know, I've made some good strides last year, made some good strides this offseason, and, and I'm feeling good about uh, where I am at this point in the season. Is, is there anything... Uh particular in your in terms of your game or mental approach or anything that, that you're really sort of focused on this camp or is it just getting in those uh, at-bats against this um, pitching? And... I think that, uh, you know, obviously missing 2014, you know, getting as many at-bats as possible, whether it's in spring training or in the season, is, is key to continuing to get better. Um, 
but I, I made some changes in my swing this offseason um, that have really, you know, kind of helped me be more consistent thus far. Uh, hoping to continue those, uh, that consistency. I mean, that's the name of the game. Um, so I think that, you know, the mental side, we can never be, you know, do a good enough job of focusing on the mental side. So that's definitely something I'll continue to try to get better at as the season goes on. Do you feel, you know, having been through a few big league camps before and up in the big leagues in, the, in September, do you feel like you uh, are in a position where, where you can help some younger guys adjust to their first big league camps? Or, um, You know, I'm, I'm open for any of the younger guys. I have a good relationship with a lot of younger guys that are here. Um, uh, Aaron Garcia, the catcher, he was in big league camp last year. He lives with us. Um, Arroyo, I've known since he got drafted. We were in fall league together. Um, you know, some of the pitchers I played with uh, in San Jose, and so I know just about everybody here. I knew them before, and you know, if there's any questions that they have, they you know they always feel free to come ask. But I think it's you know, beneficial for them to ask some of the guys that have a little more experience sure. than I do. Um, so does that feel mostly like the same kind of relationship you've had with them all along? Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they they may feel a little more comfortable coming to me, right? Um, but I mean, I don't know everything. I I think it's you know for them to go to Buster and ask him a question would be far more valuable than me uh, sure. if they had the courage to do that, which they do. And Buster's very approachable, so um, you know everyone around here is, is wants to win and wants the team to do as, as good as they can. Whoever's on the team, so I think everybody's pretty approachable and, and coachable. Yeah, I know. You know, obviously these games are only exhibition games, but uh, to, hit, to hit the home runs you've hit um, is that about as much fun as you've had? You know, running around the bases. Uh, yeah, and I mean it's fun anytime you do well. Uh, obviously, and the team does well, it's fun. Um, but like I said the other day, I, I understand. I'm realistic about where everyone is at this point in the season, at this point in spring training. Um, pitchers are working on working on pitches, working on you know timing, working on a lot of stuff, and they're far from where they're going to be here in a month or two. So I don't read too much into it. I mean, I'm happy with you know being able to match you know where they are in their progression as to where I am in my progression. Um, you know, I hope to continue to get better as spring training goes along, get more comfortable, and um, you know, heading into the season just like they do. But um, I wouldn't. I'm not gloating over the fact you know they had two home runs. I, I think it's definitely really cool. But um, you know, nose of the grindstone the next day because this game will humble you real quickly. Yeah. You know, you can come out the next day and get three strikeouts. So. Especially at this point in the season when it really doesn't mean anything, it's, it's, I think it's important to wash it and uh, come the next day ready to work and continue to stick to your routine, and try to get better. Is there anybody here you've you've been picking up some stuff from either either like especially on the coaching staff or teammate wise? Um, you know, the coaching staff Bam and, and Damon Miner, who's going to be the Triple A hitting coach, and Andy Skills, who's the minor league hitting coordinator, and um, you know all those guys have really had their input and helped me out along the way so far in the last few weeks. I spent a lot of a lot of time, as, as you may know, and as a lot of people know, with Duffy um, this offseason working with him. Obviously, he had a phenomenal year last year and um, really impressed a lot of people, opened a lot of eyes with what he was able to do and show off his talent. So working with him was pretty special. And, um, and you're trying to take his some of the mechanical stuff we worked on as well as the mental approach we talk about, try to take that, carry it over to my game. There's a lot of people that have that have helped me to this point and continue to help. So it's been pretty cool. I guess lastly, are you guys is are you guys pumped up about an even year? Is that is that something you guys are, are talking about? Uh, I wouldn't say we're talking about it. The media talks about it a lot. Yeah. Um, I think every time 
that we set foot on the field, we want to win a game. I don't, I don't think that we, you know, think, oh, you know, it's an odd year, we're not going to win. Um, you know, obviously, with the success in the last even years, you know, it's, it's definitely in the back of your mind just because it's talked about so much. But I think that every time this team steps on the field, they go out there to compete and win and do whatever it takes. And I don't think this year will be any different than last year, and I don't think it will be any different next year. So that was great to get that chance to talk to Mac Williamson about, about the spring he's having. I also caught up with Christian Arroyo, and I talked to Kyle Crick. Uh, I'll have that feature, a feature on Crick coming out next week or possibly the week after. You were excited about that one, too, because he's kind of – he hasn't fallen off the radar, but I think people thought maybe we would have seen more of Kyle Crick by now. But it seems like you got a lot of really good stuff on him. Well, for him, the issue is uh, high walk rates. Uh, in the Eastern League last year, they, they climbed up again. They, they've been climbing up on him. Um, but he's still his other numbers are fine, um, which is something that he definitely is, is aware of, that his other numbers are okay. Um, the question is, is whether he is going to be able to, to get work as a starter and they're going to bring him along as a starter or they want him working out of the bullpen um, and being able to, you know, the question is will they have him uh, go through the lineup multiple times uh, in games. So that's the latest from San Francisco Giants camp and uh, we'll round out the special edition of the show before the show podcast from spring training here in Arizona and in Florida with kind of a different style interview. Trot Nixon. If you have not thought about the name Trot Nixon in a long time, Trot Nixon's still doing stuff in baseball and really kind of making it an aim of his and you'll hear about this in a little while of uh, trying to give back to the game. He said, I've gotten so much from baseball I want to be able to give back to baseball. Right now serving as a bench coach on the staff of Mike Griffin, who is the manager of the Czech Republic's national team. They played a team of Brewers prospects uh, in a first exhibition game uh, for the Czech Republic team, getting set for a WBC qualifier. Uh, They did that at Maryvale on Thursday. By the way, again, their qualifying group from the 17th to the 20th in Mexicali, Mexico, is the Czech Republic, Mexico, Germany, and Nicaragua. There is one other qualifier also going on that same time period in Panama City. That group is Colombia, France, Panama, and Spain. I have heard that the French team is here and also practicing. Eric Gagne is the manager of that club, and the German team is also around somewhere. Uh, The German team is actually headed to Maryville tomorrow. They're taking on a prospect team there. But that's kind of cool, and you only see that really in WBC years Uh, but that's neat for these guys to and we'll hear this from Trot Nixon in a little bit these are guys who will go back home and say yeah I went to Mexico and I played baseball in front of 35,000 crazy fans nobody does that that's awesome for these kids yeah that's a really cool story for for them so this is uh kind of a a different sort of styled spring training for prospects who are not just getting to see fellow prospects from other organizations but they do get some of this international experience going against a team like the Czech Republic so got a chance to ask Trot Nixon what this experience has been like for him being involved in this Czech Republic squad so it's been great you know these guys I've I've had the opportunity to uh um, be in the Czech Republic. Uh, then in December, we haven't had an opportunity to get out on the fields at all over there in December, but I've had opportunity to start building some relationships, obviously, with these guys and a little trust value. And uh, um, so it's, it's been great. I, I certainly haven't been around these guys as much as Mike and, and Corey have, but uh, it's been a lot of fun right now. This is kind of a, you know, we wanted to kind of be that snowball effect, start building, you know, their confidence up, getting out here on the field and so forth. Uh, looking forward to see how they look today and where we can improve on. I mean, obviously, uh, this is a, 
uh, a building process for us today. Step one, I mean, two days off of getting off of a plane. And yesterday, uh, it was first time being out here in the high sky. So um, it's going to be exciting. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can lean on me with anything, you know, pressure situations. These guys, they know what they have to do. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of getting themselves prepared physically. And then obviously towards later in the week, getting prepared. You know, you're, you're right there physically, but mentally getting that that edge about yourself. Um, you know, because we'll, we'll go down into the lion's den down in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, uh, nothing better than to go down and play uh, the top seed and, and uh, show uh, – what we've done to this point and hopefully uh you know good things happen for us down there but i mean we know what uh, the percentages are and uh um, nothing like being uh, backed into a corner you gotta fight your way out so uh, um, that's what these guys are about and uh hopefully we continue to invest in them day by day and uh and the big thing too, they need to enjoy the the moment, enjoy mm-hmm. the whole process. And uh, I know they'll have the European Nationals. I don't know if I'll be over there with them or not, but uh, that's another big qualifier for them. You yeah. know, moving forward to possible Olympic uh, opportunities. But uh, um, it's been great. You know, we got some guys who have played over here in the states before, and some that have not. But uh, but they're eager. And I think what we'd really like to do is start getting the uh, the baseball federation over. Mm-hmm. And the check, get them behind them so where they can start training like some of the professional athletes we have over here or even like professional athletes in other countries. Uh-huh. You know, they just can't do that. These guys are working nine to fives yeah. or nine to nines. Yeah. And then they're at, it's asking a lot of them to say, hey, you need to go get your workout in. You need to get right. some swings in. You get your arm in shape. So that's difficult. And, you know, some minor league guys know about that, know that whole routine. Um, but, uh, but it's difficult, especially – it's a little bit easier over here, too, because if you do have to work a job, you can live in a climate pretty much that is conducive for working out. These guys not, man. These guys come straight out of the snow. So, um, But it's, it's, it's fun. They, they enjoy being here, but they know why they're here. And um, we don't have to remind them. And, uh, and uh, they got a little chip on their shoulder, and that's what they need to have. How'd this opportunity come about for you to be involved with them? I think it's just uh, going over um, with Purpose Driven Baseball, mm-hmm. uh, Jay Stott's organization, Mike works with it, obviously, um, to kind of in- invest in people's lives, both, uh, you know, baseball-wise and spiritually-wise. And, um, you know, I've, I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and, and going over there, get to express that relationship, but also using the platform of baseball mm-hmm. to help them. And uh, I think just more and more, going over there, building the right relationships with people. It gave us the opportunity to be able to uh, be a part of their national team, work with a few of them here and there. Um, and then obviously started building, started working more and more with them. And, you know, by the past couple of years, we've had the entire Mike's been taking control of the team. And uh, so uh, and he asked me to help out in any way, shape or form. And I told him, I said, I'll do whatever I can. I mean, I'm used to coaching kids from you know eight-year-olds up to 14-year-olds so a little bit different but once you get back out here on the on the field you know things start to come back to you you know the experiences that I've had and, um, and uh, what I've done in certain situations that I feel like you know can that help me put me in a successful position so you just kind of you know pass that along and uh, you know the, the game has been tremendously uh, great uh, to me and um, so it's it's time and it has been time since I stopped playing to get back I've been doing that at the youth level and 
you know, get the opportunity to do it here at, at, a, at a much higher level. When you look at a game like you, you'll see today from these guys, I was talking with Mike about it a minute ago, what can you tell in a, a setting like this where they're going to go against really good competition? Yeah. There's a lot of really good prospects on that roster, but, you know, they get to knock the rust off of not only travel, but like you yeah. said, not being able to work out and be outside yeah. with, with the weather over there. What can you tell? I mean, Mike mentioned some position player battles. Is it kind of just getting a feel for what these guys look like when it's live action? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, you learn a lot from from uh, what guys look like in the heat of the moment, mm-hmm. certain situations that you may come into, live pitching, you know, uh, things that will help prepare us for going down to Mexico. Now, granted, we're not going to have 30,000 fans out here, but, you know, I think these guys are disciplined enough and have been in enough situations where they focus and say, hey, look, it's all between the, the, the lines. We're not worried about anything else out there. And, and what I like for them to do is just simplify the game as much as possible. Go out there, see the ball, you know, put the bat on it, you know, make the plays. Don't put any added pressure on yourself. And when you start doing that, then um, anybody is going to make the game much harder than it really is. I mean, it's not an easy game anyway, but when you start adding on some demands onto yourself and need to do this and do that, you know, makes it tough. So um, going live is is important for us. You know, we have a short window right now, and uh, um, they know that these guys, um, they're not going to be kicking it around most of the time, and uh, you know they're going to have good pitchers that come up there and tow the rubber. But you know our guys are excited, you know, and uh, they're certainly not. Um, they're certainly not shy about the moment, and uh, they respect those guys. We respect all the every team that we play. That's the big thing, you know. We respect them, understand that they know how to play the game. They play it the right way, the way it should be played, and that's what we want here. You know, there's a certain way about going about doing things in baseball. Dave Roberts and I talked about it the other day. Let's do things, do things the right way and not just try to reinvent something, not try to cut any corners. They're not going to do that. We don't need to do that. We need to get in the habit of, you know, making that important for these guys moving forward. You know, this isn't a make or break situation for us right here. This is a great opportunity that the Brewers are giving us to go out there and play the game, give us some live looks, obviously. And, um, and it'll be fun. It'll be good to see. I mean, we don't expect much out of them because it's been, like I said, a couple of days, still all new out here. Uh, it's a completely different when you're obviously inside coming to, to the outdoor, especially out here in Phoenix. So, um, but uh, it should be fun. And, you know, we'll learn here on the field and we'll continue to build that throughout the, the rest of the week. Try last thing for you. This is something so cool and so unique for these guys. And mm-hmm. I mean, you, you've got a World Series ring and have played you know, in front of the biggest crowds in Major League Baseball. But for these kids, I mean, they're going to get to go home to a place where baseball is bigger in the Czech Republic, I think, than the average American probably realizes. Yeah. But it's not on the, on the same par as, yeah. um, as a lot of other sports over there. And now they're going to get to go down and play in front of 30,000, 40,000 yeah. loud fans. I mean, playing yeah. in Mexico, playing in Latin America is a whole different ballgame. Um, how exciting is that for these kids? How fired up are these guys to go get that experience that nobody else gets? Yeah, I think they uh, – they. Uh, it's like, you know, for us in spring training, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, you know, it's exciting and kind of groundhog day kind of starts to wear on you. But then it's that, that first game of the season and, it's, you know, you, all of a sudden your engine starts to rev up a little bit. These guys are kind of working to that mode. So I guarantee you once we get them to the first of next week, we play Sunday and Monday, and then all of a sudden we board that bus to go to Mexico, these guys are going to be fired up. That's why I don't even want two days off. I want to get jump right right in the boat, maybe have one day just to check out the field and the surroundings and let's get 
after it, but um, um, that that mindset will start to grow. I think they I mean, obviously these guys are excited about the opportunity, but what I want them to do is, is focus on the little things that are going to help them become be better ball players day after day. Learn from it. You, they can go out here and we can watch them make do certain things out there and learn from it, you know, and then learn a lot about our, ourselves too in certain situations what we want to try to achieve. Uh, to put us in a position that we can have some success. I mean, we're going to have to do some things, you know, maybe a little bit out of the ordinary, but, you know, we need to make plays, and it starts right now, you know, and uh, depending on whatever we do now, let's get a little bit better tomorrow and then the next day the next day so that when it's time to port that bus and we go to Mexico, we're ready to go. So big thanks to Trot Nixon. Uh, that was just so random. You and I were standing there, like, waiting for prospects to come out, and I was like, why are all these guys carrying bags with Czech Republic flags on them? Oh, the Czech Republic team is here, um, which is obviously the next logical move that your brain would make. But that was cool. I don't know. I random. thought at first it might have been an expansion team. Yeah, it was just uh, the brand-new Czech Republic institution of Cactus League baseball. Um, but it's cool, and as, uh, as Mike Griffin said in a story that's up on the blog, at Mill Perspective right now. They're of the 28-man roster, the max that they can have of non-native-born guys is three. So these are 25 wow. Czech-born players. Um, that and that was cool. Yes, yeah. it's for the Czech team... I think they've kind of made it an emphasis of trying to get all those local guys. I know in the past um, there's been some, you know, pretty wide-ranging roster distributions. But uh, So I'm not sure if that's the hard and fast rule for these rosters or if that was kind of a self-imposed thing from the Czech Republic side. But baseball's pretty big over there uh, comparatively. I mean, as far as the European baseball powers go, the Czech Republic is really, really good on a consistent basis. Italy is that way as well. Um, and so it's, uh, yeah, it's really neat to, to be able to see these guys sitting there today watching them take infield outfield they're yelling things to each other in check i mean it's not like a bunch of american guys who are donning check uniforms they're yelling things and one of the funny things was manager mike griffin is actually canadian he was having his assistant coaches who were check guys like translate things and yell them out to the players so he would say like hitters everybody get ready to hit and then he would say how do you say that and they would say it back to him and then they would yell it out just in case guys weren't paying attention when somebody was yelling in english this is kind of cool it's very random did you learn how to say I got it in Czech? No, but I did learn how to say thank you, which is something like dequi. Dequi. So now we know. I should have said that at the end of the interview, but I didn't. Oh, yeah. I don't think Trot Nixon would have known what Missed I was saying. That's true. He would have just looked at you. <laughs> what? What are you saying? Um, so that's going to do it for this special edition of the Show Before the Show podcast from Arizona. Josh Jackson is on Twitter at Josh Jackson MILB. That's right? correct. Yes. yes, I remembered. I just I um, have to look it up myself. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Dykstra, also on Twitter, at Sam Dykstra, M-I-L-B. You can follow both Josh and Sam there. Uh, all these prospects, our biggest thanks to all of them for joining us. Next week, coming up on the Show Before the Show podcast, back to somewhat of a state of normalcy. Sam will be back in the office. Benjamin Hill will join us. We'll have a conversation with Ben about the latest wheelings and dealings in the business of minor league baseball. And uh, as far as your first performance on the podcast, phenomenal work. Oh, thank you, sir. I, I would put you the as queen, a queen, my sir. <laughs> I, I hope uh, I hope you'll have me back sometime. That was a perfect callback. It's like a good stand-up comedy routine now. Nice work, Josh. Um, go follow Josh. Go follow Sam. I'm on Twitter as well, at Tyler Mon. And uh, next week, episode number 50, The Benchmark, coming up for the Show Before the Show podcast. We'll talk to you then.